Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Peldino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps, and it's also on the Pigskin Podcast Network. Thank you, Dylan and Kyle, for having me on board that. Always appreciate it. They come out of Vancouver, British Columbia. Um, well, <laughs> thank you once and always for downloading and listening to this show. I really appreciate every one of you, despite the fact things don't always go as we would hope. Uh, that's an understatement. Yeah, um, it's a great pleasure to be back in board with you once again today to at least do the show and have a conversation, but... Minnesota Vikings headed into Green Bay, and some of us, we, you know, there was always this pit in your stomach or that that feeling, what do they call that, where you just, something's tugging at you. You just got a crappy feeling going in, like, here we go, because Green Bay's been playing way better, and blah, blah, blah. You just had an awful feeling going in, and guess what? That's right, you were correct. 41-17, to 17, Green Bay over Minnesota. You just kind of knew. Uh, like 2015, we came into the season. Uh, things were looking all promising. And then Green Bay comes into, at the time, was TCF Bank Stadium and just beat the living crap out of us. Seattle did the same thing. And then now guys start getting injured. And it's just, here we go all over again. The best way to describe this game in just a couple words, well, let's refer to the angry video game nerd. This is a blizzard of balls! I can't believe humanity was capable of degrading itself so low as to produce such an insulting catastrophe of ass! You know what's sad? That's not even harsh at all. If, if you think that's harsh, you're crazy. Because if you watch the game, yeah, I mean, Mike Zimmer would come back and ask, did you see the game? Yeah, you'd be able to say that. The 17, meaningless. Meaningless. About as meaningful as the Doug Peterson touchdowns in the uh, famous, the famous, not infamous, uh, game in uh, Lambeau Field back in 98. You know, the too much moss in the end zone, the, the misty day in Green Bay, the rainy night in Green Bay, Monday night football. Vikings are 5-0. and Al Michaels said, clearly the best team in the NFC right now is the Minnesota Vikings. Woo, that's a pretty good team. I still remember him saying that just off of my own memory. So, yeah, that was when you really started feeling something. This year, you beat Buffalo. You feel also good. Feel like a million dollars. Then you have the greatest comeback in NFL history. But, of course, mixed in was a game against the Dallas Cowboys, which was just complete crap. It was basically the exact same game as this, 41-3, to uh, and again, 33 nothing to Indianapolis. But Indianapolis was an inferior football team by 100 miles because, I mean, they just stink. Uh, Dallas doesn't stink. Green Bay apparently doesn't stink anymore. They did earlier in the season. Uh, it's just You just knew. You just knew coming in, that it was just going to ha- turn this way. And then now it's like, oh, gosh, man, we've, we've stayed pretty healthy. We've stayed pretty healthy all season. Knock on wood, knock on wood. And then just like Arizona and Carolina back in uh, 2009, Carolina in 2017, and I forget about the others, but Carolina, I remember Nick Easton had like a, a, a bad, like a broken ankle or something. Um, Pat Alflein had injuries. And it's like, yeah, when major pieces of your offensive line start going down, it's it's you're in big trouble. You're in really big trouble. Um, Schlotman had a broken leg today. He's the backup center. Luckily, hopefully, pray to God, maybe there's a chance Garrett Bradbury will be back. Otherwise, you got Reed, and Reed was really bad, like a disaster basically as the third string center and Phil Mackey in the uh, vent line per uh, score north and all that. I uh, was talking about how, yeah, you're still a professional player. I mean, my goodness, you're telling me, you know, you're one injury away. Just something happening, like a freak injury that could happen in a split second, like Slotman's injury. It's a split second type of thing. 
and you're completely unprepared to play in the National Football League, and you've been in the NFL for years already, in Chris Reed's case. So, just unbelievably frustrating. And what this is at least the third time, if not the fourth, you could arguably say the fourth time, the Minnesota Vikings looks completely unprepared to play this season in a game. Philadelphia, Dallas, <laughs> Indianapolis, and this one. Yes, the Vikings were completely unprepared to play in the Indianapolis game because no way, no reason, no how should you fall behind 33 to nothing in your house against the Indianapolis Colts with washed-up Matt Ryan and some good defensive players. Green Bay's got some good defensive players as well. But to get completely whitewashed like this, you go from white out to whitewash. Completely whitewashed in Green Bay. So, I don't know. I don't know. And then now most people are talking about the old one and done and all that. Well, if that's how you feel, I don't blame you at all. Because how much confidence can you have? Uh, in the games the Vikings have lost this year, it has been a demolition. It's unbelievable to think that the team could literally disintegrate right before your eyes four times this season. Four. Um, well, four times this season, one of them, there was a miraculous comeback. Uh, and the Dallas, uh, and if you add the actual other loss, which was kind of a regular loss, it still felt like an old-fashioned butt-kicking. It's just that we were kind of sort of in that one, the, the Detroit game. It's really cool to be able to win super close games over and over and over and over. And it's like, wow, that, that's proof that this team knows what they're doing. Yeah, when it's a close game. But when you get punched in the mouth really hard, it's like the team just kind of goes, I don't know just kind of keeps falling down the, the pit further and further and further, except the fact that, again, Matt Ryan is notorious for having, you know, for giving up massive leads, at least teams quarterbacked by Matt Ryan. It's not necessarily all his fault. Um, I don't know, bad luck, or is it just him? Is he the common denominator? Maybe kind of, sort of. Also the fact Warren Moon had never won a playoff game in his life, and a 32-point lead even wasn't enough for him to win one, which is ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous to think a guy at that talent level never even won a playoff game. That's ridiculous. Um, so we talked about the game. I kind of got my semi-rant out of the way. But again, it's just, here we go again with the frickin' major injuries. Remember, you had E.J. Henderson break his femur. Uh, you had other major injuries. You had the Liz Flank, Frank issue that plagued uh, Anton Winfield the whole season back in... Uh, um, 2009, uh, in 98, you had John Randall hyperextend his knee, playing in a, an Arizona game that we that we were already winning and all that. We were comfortably ahead. Um, was it Bobby Houston had a major injury? You had, you know, just one guy up for another getting hurt. Uh, today, again, uh, Brian O'Neill with a calf injury, but it had to be carted off. Hopefully, it was just like, get him the heck off of there, so maybe he doesn't risk uh, straining it or spraining it any worse. So, Comparing uh, a calf injury to Carl Anthony Towns, locally again, Minnesota Timberwolves, check out Timberwolves Explosion, or uh, Jordan McLaughlin, the fact they've been out for a while, forever with calf injuries. It's hard to compare that because the NBA is a different is a different animal when it comes to uh, injuries. Guys are out two years with ACLs in the NBA. Why? I don't know. Because you have a guy like, say, an Adrian Peterson go out with an ACL pretty late in the season. He comes back the next year, ready for training camp, and runs for 2,000 yards. Now, of course, again, Adrian was a freak of nature, but guys often come back. Maybe they're not at the top of their game in their first week or two, or maybe even the first three weeks, but they often are still, you know, pretty good, unless it's, again, he's an aging player who is already kind of, you know, slowing down a bit. That kind of stuff catches up to you. Or, again, uh, somebody like a Sam Bradford, 
who seemed to have some kind of chronic issues with his knees anyway. Um, and, of course, it doesn't help that he had several ACLs. Um, Sam Bradford, of course. But in the NFL, they come back. And NFL is obviously about as dangerous sport as there is. The second most dangerous sport is hockey. You know, hockey, really freaky, scary stuff can happen. Uh, they have an ACL in, you know, uh, imagine like March or something, mid to, you know, February, March. They're often back for training camp or maybe a month into the season, depending on just how late the injury is. Again, the NBA, they might come back in two years, you know, like two whole seasons. They'll miss the whole next year and then maybe even the year after, which is in freaking credible that it would take that long or like midway through the next year. You know, almost like a calendar two-year difference. So it's hard to gauge this type of calf injury with Brian O'Neill. But my goodness, Mr. Old Reliable, the guy who was always there. And and even when the offensive line was still terrible, as recent as last season, Brian O'Neill was extremely reliable. He was always there. So really scary. I have Ole Udo there now on the right side. A tackle. So we'll have to wait and see how that turns out. And you got to see all the same bull crap we saw last year when, obviously, the offensive line wasn't as good. Uh, you had certain players there that didn't belong there, like Ole Udo, pretty much. God forbid, or didn't belong in a major role, getting the, uh, you know, the false start stuff. I mean, this whole year we took her for granted how rarely those stupid penalties that just kill you would happen. Like, say, it's third and four, false start. Great. Now it's third and nine. Great. So now it's much harder to get the first down. You can sure do it. But the way the Packers' defense was so aggressive and all that today, and they were just on their game, to be fair, because um, their defense is decent, obviously. it's uh, Their offense isn't as prolific as uh, you know as their defense is, is good, we'll say. Um, but, uh, you know, it just wasn't our day overall, generally speaking. And when injuries start taking their toll, it's extremely scary. Uh, Schlotman was respectable, and now it's a broken leg, so very unlikely he'll return. Very, very, very unlikely. It's January already, so he's not coming back. There's no chance. Even if you go all the way to the Super Bowl, he's not coming back. So um, hopefully Schlotman can uh, return next year and have a successful NFL career and, of course, recover fully because breaking bones really sucks, especially on big limb like that. It's something called your leg. Or was it fibula, actually? But either way, it's really sad and it sucks. Um, Gosh, it's just depressing and sad to think about injuries like that. Um, I believe that was Nick Easton, right? He had like a broken ankle. And then uh, back in 2017, and who the heck else was it? Um, What was I trying to say? It was... uh, Elfline, Pat Elfline had like a neck injury that just kind of pretty silly ended up, ended up, he was never really the same again after that. It seemed like he never got better again. He was very promising as a rookie and then things just kind of gradually got worse and worse for him throughout his career uh, until eventually he was cut. Very promising offensive lineman taken in the third round and ended up being a whole lot of nothing. So, so far I've pretty much been uh, going on and on about the injuries and just the overall butt-kicking the Vikings' face today because the entire... Well, okay, let's hear from Dean Evison. Listen, our whole game sucked tonight. We got what we deserve. That is the Minnesota Wild Couch. Dare I do another... uh, Do I do another uh, shameless plug, Brave the Wild? Yeah, what the hell? You know, if you want to listen to Hockey Talk. Of course, again, Dean Evison is the Minnesota Wild Coach, and yeah, I mean, that's the coach's perspective. Our whole game sucked. Yes, it did. The offense sucked. The special team sucked. The defense sucked. The quarterback sucked. The running game sucked. The receivers sucked. 
the cornerback stuck out. You get the idea. The offensive line was injured and bad. You could go on. Everything was disappointing. That's why it was a blizzard of balls. That might end up being the title of this episode. As it might sound childish, a little bit. I'm not trying to go that direction. But just an honest, frustrated, slam your fist on the table, blankety blank this, blankety blank that. It was a blizzard of balls. Without even a blizzard happening, even though it's winter. <laughs> uh, again, a couple of meaningless touchdowns. Kirk Cousins, Jalen Naylor, Nick Mons to K, Jay Clutch Osborne, who was unable to be clutched today, and basically everybody was. Everything sucked. Uh, guys falling down, interceptions happening, incomplete passes happening because the guy's slipping and falling on multiple occasions, uh, balls being batted up in the air, and poor decision-making by the quarterback. Um, obviously, not all three of those interceptions were earned. That's a given. Again, like batting the ball up in the air, that's the old infamous uh, Cadre Ishmael interception. And this is a game where Aaron Rodgers threw for 159 yards. 159 yards, quarterback rating 95.7. He was, he was adequate, and they got first downs when they needed, except one fourth down that we stopped them. And, of course, again, the special teams didn't completely suck because Josh Patelis blocked a punt and put us at the two-yard line. And we didn't even come close to getting in the end zone. And it's just little, little big things like that that put you in a position and make you think about, yeah, of course, of course we're not going to win. It's just in the Packer fans every single freaking time something went right for them. They go absolutely bonkers. Like the greatest thing in the world just happened. It was the greatest play ever and blah, blah, blah. And it's just too much. Uh, Delvin Cook ran the ball nine times. 27 yards. Woohoo! Wow. Great. Alex, Alexander Madison was a little better, to be fair. Almost five yards a carry on eight rushes for 38. The best running back on the Minnesota Vikings today was Kirk Kirk McClutchiton Cousins, as he had a couple of nice runs. One was 18, one was 19. Uh, that was awesome. But he also was strip-sacked in the game, along with the three INTs that were not all his fault. Jalen Naylor had his best game as a Minnesota Viking, and by a mile, he's a rookie wide receiver who a lot of people were pretty excited about. Great. Uh, as the game progressed, he wound up with a 47-yarder and, of course, did get in the end zone. 89 total yards and three catches. Hawkinson was targeted 12 times and caught seven passes. I swear the other five were just freaking horrible. Like, one of them was batted up in the air. Others, it's just, you know, one of them was a little bit out of reach. Fine, we'll give him that. But other than that, my God, he was he was maddening to watch at times, Hawkinson, especially early in the game. It seems like he starts off terrible most of the time, and then he kind of gets his button gear as the game progresses, but we need better than that, Hawkinson. We need better. He was really good last week, and we really appreciate what he brought, and obviously he's a great acquisition, in the, in the you know, a great mid-season acquisition, and we really appreciate it, but some of those drop passes are really insanely frustrating to watch. It's just, it's just, it's just maddening to a point. <laughs> you just want to do something that you're going to regret, like break something in your room, you know, whatever your living room or wherever you're at. Uh, Greg Joseph missed multiple kicks, you know, 40 yards and a 50 yards. It's just ah, whatever. And then of course Mason Crosby, big shock of the decade, 56 yards. He hasn't made anything close to that this year. Of course, it magically goes through. What a freaking surprise. Kickers make everything against the Vikings, no matter what the situation is, unless somehow, miraculously, the kick is blocked. Um, why the heck they have Randall Cobb returning anything? I don't know. Like, What, what do you want? Like a, a 40-year-old wide receiver returning kicks? Brilliant. But I guess it didn't matter, because they had somebody named Nixon, Keish, 
Keyshawn, I guess it's pronounced, even though it doesn't, yeah, it's spelled differently, but it, you can tell you can pronounce it the same. Keyshawn Nixon, 105 kick return. That's another point, again, after he had that nice block, that nice block punt, Josh Patelis, again, he is one of the best special teamers on the Minnesota Vikings, and there's no doubt about it, and he's a nice safety, too, to be quite fair. Uh, multiple block punts this season. But, like, right after that, and you fail to get in the end zone, and the next thing you know, <laughs> kick return for a touchdown. Great. So it's, you know, 3 nothing Minnesota. It's 7-3 Green Bay. And after that, the blizzard of balls was in play. Jair Alexander trolled uh, Justin Jefferson in the game. He actually had no tackles in the game because uh, Justin Jefferson, let's see, let's look this over here. One catch for 15 yards. So, I don't know, maybe it was a fluke. Jair Alexander is a cocky son of a blank. But sometimes Justin Jefferson is too. And quite frankly, a lot of this back and forth, we got to dance, we got to do this, we got to do that, we got to make a huge scene every time we make a play. I think it's teenage, I think it's, I think it's teenage level behavior. And I'm kind of tired of it, frankly. I wish guys could just play the game. I don't know. If, if I'm an old curmudgeon, fine. I'd rather be an old curmudgeon than sit here and pretend like I like something that I can't stand. Guys, like the peace sign, like, ha, 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 every time he did anything right, that uh, the guy that's on Miami now that used to be with Kansas City, yeah, that guy. I think you guys know who that is. It drove me nuts, especially with the fact that I can't stand the Chiefs to begin with, so I was happy to see him not on the Chiefs anymore. <sighs> yeah, that guy. Ugh. Well, <laughs> I don't dislike him nearly as much with the Dolphins, so, because, yeah, I just don't. Um, we'll get to him later. Because <laughs> the Dolphins, let, well, the Dolphins let us down against Green Bay last week. You know, if the Dolphins could have beat Green Bay last week, that would pretty much be it, wouldn't it? You know, but now Green Bay, again, something to play for. Blah, blah, blah. It's all great. But again, every time people got to, you know, do anything right, they got to make a huge scene. I, I just wish, I just wish there was more respect for each other out there rather than just, just looking for the camera, looking for the attention and all that. It's annoying. I, I really do. And maybe you think I'm coming off like a whiner and I'm an old curmudgeon looking for attention. If that's what you think, fine, I guess. But you're wrong, in my opinion. <laughs> so, funny to think Kirk Cousins was only sacked once, but it felt like he was under pressure most of the game. And, again, as the def as the offensive line continued to deteriorate right in front of him, what the heck else can you expect other than that, you know? Um, Aaron Jones got pretty much all he needed when he ran the ball. A.J. Dillon got in the end zone. <sighs> Aaron Rodgers got in the end zone. Yep, yep. Again, kind of like a Kirk Cousins. Like, okay, okay, nobody's open. And, boy, like I got this huge uh, huge opening here. I'm just going to take it and rock and roll. Kirk Cousins, a couple of first down games today. So I really appreciate that. And, again, at least two of his interceptions were unearned. The third one kind of sort of was. And there was another one that easily could have happened had uh, the ball not been batted down. That could have been J.R. Alexander, possibly for six, or at least some kind of significant return. Um, but yeah, one of the, the pick sticks that did take place was off of uh, Hawkins' fingers up in the air. Old uh, <laughs> Cadre Ishmael style, how passes from Warren Moon or Brad Johnson, mostly Warren Moon, though, would be batted up in the air and picked off against Warren Moon and the Vikings back in the uh, early half of the 90s, still early to, to mid, I guess, because he was still quarterback up until... 96 before he had an ankle injury. Warren Moon, anyway. Lazard had a few plays. Good for him. Cobb had just two catches. 
But the Packers pretty much did everything they wanted, and the Vikings couldn't do anything they wanted, including make a stop. But, I don't know, the offense sucked. The defense sucked. Special teams sucked. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Kicker sucked. The quarterback wasn't accurate. Seemed rattled most of the game. Duke Shelley should have been penalized on a play. He looked good most of the way. I mean, Duke Shelley's one of those underdogs, dark horses, whatever the heck you want to call him, that uh, deserves a lot of respect, actually. Really appreciate what the, what the Duke does out there. The Duke of Shelley, as they call him, does out there. But, um... I don't know. He should have been penalized on a play. I unfortunately agree with the announcers and with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he. it was kind of, sort of, it would have been semi-ticky-tack, but close enough. It's just crazy again. Jair, Jair, Jair Alexander didn't even get a single tackle in the game, which again tells you, uh, I don't know. I guess he's out there with something to prove because Justin Jefferson had a great game against Green Bay the first time around and against Jair Alexander, and this time around, you know, back and forth. Ah. Uh, there aren't cockier players in sports, probably. Outside of Steph Curry, like certain basketball players, point guards particularly in the NBA, super cocky, cocky jackasses hitting their threes and showing off like just ugh, just like the obnoxious little rich teenager, you know, <laughs> in school that you just wanted to punch, you know. You wanted to hit him so hard it would knock him out in one punch. Yeah, that's that. today it feels like that's the average wide receiver and cornerback every single play time the ball's batted away, the cornerback's all acting up, you know. Every time the receiver makes a catch, he's all acting up. It's just, ugh, yuck. But I suppose it's been that way for many years now. And as uh, as uh, Jerry Burns would say, what the hell can you do? What the hell can we do? Well, we can finish with 13 wins. And what's really sad and insanely frustrating and just heartbreaking, Philadelphia lost today, which could have possibly given the Vikings a chance to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. That's pretty much dead and gone. Um, so that really stinks. Because Philadelphia, you know, well, they can only lose a maximum of four games. Philadelphia has the tiebreaker. It's over. So, woohoo. We can hope to stay in the second seed. San Francisco is a massive threat, and they did uh, defeat Las Vegas in overtime. Jeez. Um, San Francisco is a massive, massive threat, and... We have something to play for next week. You want to have the number two seed? You got to earn it. Uh, right now, I guess it sounds like we'd be playing the Giants, I think, or maybe we'd even be playing Green Bay right now with all things stack up. We'll look at that in the second segment as we move forward. Um, again, <laughs> what more can you say? You got to see Nick Mullins throw a touchdown, so good for him. He was four for four for 57 yards. But again, Doug Peterson, Green Bay's Doug Peterson, yeah. That. It was that. Um, it, it was. I mean, what, what more can I do? Can I beat them into the ground anymore? No. What good would it do at this point? Not a whole lot. Uh, again, you just kind of lament, you fear, you're sad at the fact that the, the injuries are starting to mount. And we're talking insanely important players. And uh, you're down to your third string center. I mean, I remember when Jeff Christie got hurt. And then Scott Dill, what was it, Scott Dill or something, got hurt. And it just derailed the Minnesota Vikings season years ago. Jeff Christie had a broken leg, and then Dill was the second guy, and he got hurt. He was actually okay. He was adequate. I still remember Dill, and then he got hurt, and it was like, oh boy, Lord have mercy. Center de jour, and then you're, you're in big trouble. Because, well, obviously there's no trade deadline available right now. And uh, the guy that went to Pittsburgh that was a nice, valuable backup last year who ended up starting. 
We could sure use his help. Yeah, Pockinson. There's the tip play right there. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you, NBC Sports, for showing us that. Really appreciate it. Uh, it's the black and blue bowl right now, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. That's what I tend to call that game whenever it's those two rivals playing each other. Epic rivals in the in the late 2000s and early t- uh, 2010s and such. Epic, epic rivals. Joe Flacco and, and uh, Ben Roethlisberger and, of course, the really good defenses and all that. Uh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. It was fun to watch those two uh, teams go at it for years. Um, so that's the black and blue bowl. Now they're showing the odds on the screen. Seahawks, they're 8-8. Eight eight. Lions are 8-8. Eight eight. Packers are 8-8. Eight eight. So it kind of is what it is right now. Green Bay's chances are much higher than anybody else's. 64% chance after today's game. They're 8-8, eight 8-8, eight, 8-8. Eight eight, eight eight. Like I just said, Detroit is 16, even though they won today. And Seattle is 20%. At the moment, um, Green Bay wins versus Detroit. They make the playoffs. They probably will. Um, Detroit has to win at Green Bay, and Seattle has to lose, and then so on and so forth. Seattle's kind of like the opposite, basically. Seattle has to win and stuff. So <laughs> I'm, gu- I'm guessing Green Bay's probably going to make it, but maybe not. Maybe Detroit will pull off something, and I hope they do. Go Lions. Go Lions. But if it's uh, people, some people are hoping, oh, just bring it on Green Bay, bring them into the, uh, you know, bring them into U.S. Bank Stadium. Part of me is like, yes, go for it. And the other part of me is like, no, that's okay. Um, but I suppose if you're going to face your fears and get past something, I guess you might as well beat a team like Green Bay who's been an obnoxious bully, the, the bully next door for uh, many, 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 many years to this franchise going back to 92 at the very least. Well, not quite 92. We'll say about 95. About 1995 is when Green Bay really became the bully next door because clearly by that point, Green Bay had taken major steps forward and the Vikings were done being a competitive team in the NFC North, uh, at least for a couple of years anyway, being a very being a serious team until 98 anyway. And that didn't last long either. Not really. It kind of did. And then it completely stopped happening for a really long time. I, I hate saying it. Um, yeah. What more is there to say about the game? Nothing. Fran Tarkington Award winner for this game. It's almost impossible to say. Could it be Jalen Naylor? Could it be Nick Mullins? How did the punter do today? Did he have a touchback? No, he didn't, but he didn't get anything in the 20 either. Um, it's really tough to give out a Fran Tarkington Award in a game like this, but maybe just to be nice to one of the guys that kind of stepped up, like a Jalen Naylor, 83 yards. I mean, good for him, making the most of an opportunity, I suppose. And Nick Mullins, I guess you can kind of give it to both of them. Mullins did have a perfect quarterback rating, so might as well give it to them for making the most of a an opportunity in a game that was already, you know, kind of safe for Green Bay. But it is what it is. I mean, I guess it's just kind of like I hear. It's nothing for them to be proud of, I suppose, but at least they played well, I guess, in the little time they major factors. The rest goes to pretty much everybody else. You know, the uh, Christian Potter Memorial goes to pretty much everybody else. Like Jefferson, way to way to show up, you know? Way to show you this SOB, you know, way to shut him up after running his big mouth with a 15-yard game. So much for uh, Calvin Johnson. That's impossible now. Barring a miracle of the century, having like a 200-yard game, you know, against uh, Chicago next week. You know, uh, Cousins was was a mess. He was shaky. He's a he's a he's the same thing. So it's just kind of like a group effort 
Terrible, terrible game. And, of course, the coaching staff, including Ed, McDo uh, Ed McDonald. Ed McDonald. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Ed McDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. And that's pretty much what we were saying the whole time. E-I-O. What is going on out there? Yeah, Ed Donatel is, is definitely a ponder. I mean, it's kind of all of them. You know, uh, Kevin O'Connell deserves some criticism because the games we've lost, we've been pathetic. The games we've lost, we've been pathetic in, which is weird. And you could just imagine the Vikings losing a playoff game that way. Maybe we get past the wildcard round and we go to San Francisco, maybe we're the number three seed and we just get obliterated. Or Frico comes in here, or Dallas comes in here and does that. So, kind of suck. Uh, Dallas is 12-4, and four, Vikings are 12-4, and four, San Francisco is 12-4. And, and it looks like they kind of stack up as the two seed at the moment. But we'll see what happens. Great. But... Just, I don't know, way to piss away things. And now, again, the injuries could uh, take their toll. Hopefully, Bradbury can get healthy. Again, he already had back issues, and that's why he was out. And then the car accident made it worse. Yeah, so with that, we'll take a quick break, and we'll look around the league. And, of course, uh, preview the Chicago Bs game coming up as well. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two, or numero deux, or whatever the heck, numero dos, whatever the heck you want to say. Uh, again, we're going to talk about the Bears game. It is at Chicago. It is a nooner, which is okay with me. This was, again, late afternoon, and I have to do the whole show at once, and I'm kind of late to, to get going with after a dinner here. Hope everybody had a happy New Year, New Year's Eve and all that stuff. Stayed safe and, and sober, I hope, for the most part. But, uh, yep, I did that for the most part, but just kind of generally stayed up too late because a lot of driving, but that's kind of how that goes uh, for some of us. It was actually probably the warmest New Year in I don't know how long. I don't remember a New Year being 30 degrees-ish. I don't think that's uh, related to anything because uh, just like last year and basically every other New Year was cold as you know what. So it's just kind of a random cycle, I guess, I suppose, that kind of happened this year. Uh, what am I hinting at? You figure it out on your own. Otherwise, again, Nooner in Chicago, we'll talk about it shortly. They didn't look too good. Hopefully the Vikings can get their 13th win, and we'll see what happens. But it's, we definitely have something to play for next week, so, <laughs> I mean, we do. So, Dallas and Tennessee, Dallas and Tennessee coming up. But, yeah, I'm almost about to jump into something ahead of time here, put the cart before the horse. Let's talk about DraftKings first. They are our sponsor, after all, on the Pigskin Podcast Network. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this Christmas and New Year's season. Uh, again, today it would have been nice to pick the Vikings and all that, and they win, but I guess those of you that may have betted on Green Bay, well, you came out okay. They won and covered pretty comfortably. So did Detroit and teams like that. <laughs> so the only team that didn't was Chicago in our division. So bad day for Minnesota and Chicago are the matchup going into this week. Um, right now, and of course, we'll see what happens with San Francisco and all that going into, again, the postseason. We'll be talking about the postseason already next week. Kind of cool when you think about that, but 
that's the fun part about January. You can hate the cold, but at least the Jan- at least January has postseason football and sunlight starts yeah, gaining as well. Believe it or not, it is. It's on the uptrend. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings Stepped Up. Same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. Yep, so again, like, you know, rushing yards or whatever. Um... Or basically, this guy will do better than that guy, or whatever, that kind of thing, or how about touchdowns and stuff. Um, the more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. So, again, it's a lot of fun to do that, and uh, fun to keep up with. You can even paper bet, so to speak, if you're not super confident in betting money. So, maybe you do that first, then you get more confidence in what you can do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN. <laughs> TPPN. The Pigskin Podcast Network. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And next week will be a, uh, a brand new script going into the new year, as they say. Today is January 1st. The new script comes out on January 2nd. So, go figure. <laughs> Timberwolves, Explosion, Brave the Wild, and this one will have new scripts next week. But pretty similar, obviously, and uh, fun stuff. You know, get that DraftKings app. So, Dallas and Tennessee, that was the Thursday Thursday night football in Nissan Stadium. Thursday, December the 29th, already post-Christmas and on our way to New Year and all that cute stuff. Dak Prescott, mediocre at best. He's really dropped off the face of the earth the past few uh, weeks. Several weeks anyway, a couple of INTs, a couple of touchdowns. Somebody named Joshua Dobbs, a touchdown and an INT. Tennessee's a mess, and it's too bad. Seems like just yesterday they were a lethal team. And unfortunately, they're back to kind of being that mediocre franchise that wasn't doing a whole lot. Uh, seems like yesterday that that was the case. CD Lamb with 11 catches for a hundo. Dallas does end up winning the game, so good for them, whatever. Um, they have had a couple of impressive victories, generally speaking, but Dak Prescott hasn't looked a whole lot great in doing so. Dante Fowler, Donovan Wilson, with a, with a sack each. And for some reason, only one guy with a half sack. That doesn't make any sense, so something's missing. Looks like players are missing there for Tennessee. They didn't play well, bottom line, so let's just keep moving here. Tennessee lost 27-13. to Cowboys victorious. The Battle of the Birds, the Battle of the Red Birds, the Atlanta Falcons at 6-10. and 10. It's funny because this is, you know, the 17th week of the season, so it's kind of like the good old days where you'd play around New Year's Day and then the playoffs would get going. But now, of course, they add that extra game. Woohoo! So we got to wait even longer now for the playoffs. So, like, the Vikings would be a 12-4 and 4 team in a typical 16-game season. Now we might be a 13-4 and 4 win team. We'll see. 12-5 and 5 would be quite frustrating. Arizona 4-12. and 12. Wow. They've really fallen off the face of the earth. Atlanta actually has a slightly better record. That's funny. A couple of meh teams. David Blau, Blau, former Minnesota Viking for a little bit on the practice squad. And Detroit Lion. He actually was respectable for Arizona. But I believe they lost, right? Yeah. 20-19. to 19. Very close, actually. <laughs> yep. Uh, David Blau with a touchdown. Okay numbers. You know, 222 yards. Desmond Ryder. Wow, yeah, that ain't Knight Rider, is it? Or Ritter, pardon me. What kind of game is this? I mean, 
Oh my God. Michael Pruitt. Okay. When's the last time you heard that guy? Uh, Cordell Patterson with 100, or excuse me, with 84 all-purpose yards. That's good. 42 and 42. Uh, rushing touchdown in the game. A.J. Green, man. A.J. Green, he's ancient history now with only 17 yards for the Arizona Cardinals. Trey McBride with 78 yards and a TD. James Conner, also solid running day with 79 yards on the ground. J.J. Watt playing in his uh, second last game, I guess. He's announced his retirement. Basically, this is his final season, so one game to go, J.J., and I can imagine on a team like Arizona, maybe you were hoping for something wonderful to happen, and if you wanted to go home to Pittsburgh with your brother, it just didn't work out either way. It's not going to happen. It's too bad. J.J. and T.J., and T.J. had a terrible injury, so it's kind of depressing. Like, like, obviously, Pittsburgh is in transition. They got a nice rookie, and he's uh, on the swell. He's not on the screen, but his team is. Baltimore leads 10-3 to with Lamar Jackson, a quarterback. They should win, right? Pittsburgh's hanging on just like Green Bay, 7-8. and eight. That's funny. They've actually been okay this year. Better than last year. Last year they were pathetic, but the Vikings almost gave up a 30-point lead in that game. So think about that. So they've had some interesting comebacks in that stadium already. Let's move on. That one's much later because that's next week's opponent, Chicago and Detroit. Kansas City-Denver, classic rivalry back in the day. Denver sucks, and Nathaniel Hackett was let go uh, this past week. Merry Christmas, Nathaniel Hackett. Merry Christmas, Denver fans, as they move on from Nathaniel Hackett. Rumors swirling, maybe it's Sean Payton coming. I don't know, but Sean Payton has assembled a very all-star-like staff, like, you know, like all-star cast, like a, like in a movie or whatever, but an all-star-like staff. Uh, so when, wherever he goes, he's going to have a good coaching staff, including a, a very well-known defensive coordinator, of course. Um, we used to be with Denver, so <laughs> yes, we'll continue moving. Russell Wilson, a touchdown and an interception. Patrick Mahomes, three touchdowns and one. Pacquiao, or whatever his name is, got in the end zone once, only ran the ball nine times. Kansas City passes the ball like 40 billion times. Close game, actually. Latavius Murray's the leading rusher for Denver every week, which is kind of cool. He doesn't stand out that much, but I don't know. Denver stinks, and wow. Nathaniel Hackett was a disaster from week one, and it's it's too bad and kind of sad at the same time. Uh, Vikings, thank God, were beat to Nathaniel Hackett by Denver. Vikings took their time a little bit, interviewed Jim Harbaugh, and then said, you know, that Kevin O'Connell was better, so we'll just stick with him. Har- Harbaugh's really good, and well, they but they lost, though, in the semifinals, so no national championship again for an undefeated Michigan team going into the college playoffs, so kind of disappointing. I'd like to see Jim Harbaugh win a championship, you know, national or NR Super Bowl. I, I don't know. I kind of fell for him, man, felt for him with how closely they lost to this Baltimore club um, uh, t- 10 years ago. That was too bad. I was really sad, actually, about that, even though I was real happy for Baltimore. But that's what happened. So when that won, he's still a head coach for the same team. And I can't believe that's 10 years ago already, the, the Harbaugh Bowl. But things have changed so much in San Francisco since then. <sighs> okay, the city's 13-3 and three now, unfortunately. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're a big problem going forward. So, I don't know. If we somehow made it to the Super Bowl, they'd be tough to beat, I think. Uh, New England and Miami, old nemesises in that AFC East. Both of them 8-8. Eight and eight. Patriots are knocking on the door of a postseason, and Miami's kind of on the outside looking in at the moment, also 8-8. Eight and eight. Teddy Bridgewater apparently had a finger injury, and Skylar Thompson returns. That's who played against the Vikings for a little bit, and then Teddy took over. 
in that game. I remember because Bridgewater was kind of banged up with a head injury uh, going in that game as well, if I remember correctly. Or was it a shoulder? But he was banged up, and he looked terrible against the Vikings earlier in the season. Poor Teddy, man. And, yep, he had a finger injury in this one. Skylar took over. Both guys were about similar. Skylar was actually slightly worse. Mac Jones, very solid. He's definitely a decent quarterback, but that's about it. Raheem Mostert led the team in receiving a 62 on eight catches. Jeff Wilson Jr. with 45 yards. Hmm. I don't know. Not Definitely not the epic matchup this could have been uh, if both of these teams were a little better this year. But, gosh, Miami's 8-8. Eight and eight. Man, they look so promising. And, um, yeah, I got a feeling because uh, he had another concussion. You know, the other guy, yeah, Tua. He's not going to be in the NFL five years from now. I don't think there's any chance. I think he's going to be retired already. And that's a damn shame because he looked really good. But major handicap with him, though. Can't win games 50 degrees or lower. Like, what is that? My God. Well, you, good thing you play in Miami, right? Imagine if <laughs> Packers quarterback, Tua, you know. <laughs> well, that would make him hopefully wake up from that pretty quick. At least I would hope so. But, well, he grew up in Hawaii, so he's kind of used to a warm climate. Patriots win 23-21 to and uh, keep their playoff hopes alive. New York Giants very much so alive now. They have actually clinched 9-6-1, so not a huge surprise there. The Giants are in the playoffs. Congratulations, New York. Daniel Jones, very respectable overall last week and way better this week. 38-10 to over the hapless, crappy Colts, who, uh, I don't know, are just wasting their time basically there. Sam Ellinger and Nick Foles, meh at best. Uh, Daniel Jones was, was pretty solid, obviously. Uh, only attempted 24 passes, but a couple of TDs, and he also ran in a couple, so... Great fantasy numbers if somehow, someway you had this inkling to play Daniel Jones or you were desperate. And if your fantasy league was still playing, I believe this would have been the Super Bowl. So maybe, maybe, maybe that still small voice said play Daniel Jones this week instead of Kirk Cousins. Maybe you had both of those guys as your quarterbacks and uh, you just won it all. <laughs> so hopefully that was the case. I'm just imagining somebody that might have those two guys. And you know what? I got a bad feeling about Green Bay and it's the Colts. You know, Jones is going to kick butt today. Well, you would have won. Giants are in the playoffs. Congratulations, and maybe we'll see them in a couple weeks. Philadelphia, New Orleans, golden opportunity for the Vikings to possibly just maybe still have a shot if we're both 13-3 and here going into the final week. Maybe, 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 but we lost. We lost, and we really lost. The Saints still kind of hanging on to dear life. 7-9 and record on the season. Eagles 13-3, and just like they were back in... 2017, but they had that stinking tiebreaker on us, and it proved to be a huge problem. As did the uh, as did the option plays with Nick Foles. They proved to be a disaster against Mike Zimmer's kick-ass defense that was ass-kicked. Gardner Minshew, the uh, former cop-turned-hippie. I'm just kidding. A couple are with a touchdown and an INT. Mediocre day. Andy Dalton, mediocre. Taysom Hill, a couple moments. But the Saints ultimately get the job done, 20-10. to 10. And good for them. Um, it helps when you get uh, a, a pick six, though. Marshawn Lattimore, it was only 12 yards away, but pick sixes make a huge difference. And that was arguably the difference maker in the entire game in a lot of ways. Uh, it didn't officially give them the game. It was a 10-point victory for the Saints, but a huge uh, moment for the Saints in leading towards such. Taysom Hill, again, running the ball into the end zone. Very, very uh, athletic, entertaining player. And it'd be fun to have a guy like that. Kamara, 
74 yards. Sanders with 61 for the uh, Eagles. And Devonta Smith also had 115 yards in the air along with A.J. Brown. So the Eagles had the numbers and everything, but they only scored 10 points. And gosh, I wish that's the Vikings in the NFC Championship game going into Philly and winning that thing. But I don't know. Tampa Bay Bucks will be in the playoffs. You never know. You just never know. The odds of Tampa doing anything are very slim, but betting against Tom Brady in the postseason, I don't know, man. Great game today. Great game. Tom Brady is awake. Sam Donald actually had a really good game, too. Three touchdowns, an interception, though. That's the big difference. Where Brady had three touchdowns and no interception and 432 yards. Man, and he's, what is he? He's 45, isn't he? 432 yards. He's like still any elite quarterback in this league. Mike Evans with 207 yards. Chris Goodwin with 120. Unbelievable numbers for those two star receivers of the uh, Bucks. Ryan Suckup missed a couple of field goal attempts, but the Bucks edge the Carolina Panthers and officially clinch the playoff berth where things could have gone a different direction, possibly. Carolina would have still been alive, but they're completely out now. The Bucks are in. The Bucks stops here. Okay, the Bucks stops here. I'm just kidding. And they are in the playoffs, if you like it or not. And they will have home field advantage in the first round, which we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I mean, you just never know. Maybe Tampa Bay will be a reverse New York Giants. Uh, or, or Brady will be like a New York will be like in the New York Giants role this time around and shock the world. Maybe knock out of Philadelphia in round two. I'd be very happy if that happened. Actually, I'd be dancing on the moon, like, screw, screw the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, we shall see. Keep moving, keep moving. Cleveland and Washington, interesting. Cleveland actually won this game. Pretty much putting Washington on ice now. 7-8-1. Cleveland 7-9 somehow, some way. It's kind of, just kind of lingering, but they're not really, yeah, they're, they're out already. Deshaun Watson, his best game as a Brown. Only completed five, uh, 50% of his passes on 18 attempts. That's it. But three of them were touchdowns, so good for him. Wentz, completely the opposite. Okay, we're going with Wentz now. We're going with Carson Wentz at quarterback. Three interceptions. Quarterback rating of 31.4. Yuck. Absolutely yuck. Yuck. Massive disappointment for the uh, Washington Commanders. If I call them Redskins, Sorry. Uh, Amari Cooper with 105 yards. Again, a couple of touchdowns. Those are from Deshaun Watson, of course. Nick Chubb also ran for 100 yards on the ground. Miles Garrett, a sack and a half. Man, Darren Payne with two sacks on Deshaun Watson in the game from Washington. Mm, impressive. But the uh, Browns win a uh, game when they're already out of the playoffs, so the pressure's off. Jacksonville is all the way in the postseason. Congratulations there, the Tampa Bay Bucks of the AFC with an 8-8 record and leading their division. Congratulations, Jacksonville. Um, I guess they haven't officially clinched, but they just about have, I guess. It doesn't show that they've clinched. 8-8 record, though, first place. Wow, nice turnaround, 31-3, and there's Doug Peterson. It is Houston, though. They they stink. Uh, Trevor Lawrence took a huge step forward this year. Didn't have a great game today. Uh, Mills was mediocre for Houston. Etienne Jr. exploded a bit today. Only nine carries, but 108 yards. Um, the running game really kind of took over for Jacksonville, and they just kind of ran the clock out, basically, in this one and kicked the crap out of a uh, pathetic Houston team looking for the number one pick in the draft. Um, but the Jacksonville is very close to being a playoff team, and congratulations, Jacksonville. They actually were in the playoffs not even that long ago, 2017, right? 
So with Blake Bortles at quarterback, and they almost beat the New England Patriots. Just think about it. Think about that. Eagles and Jacksonville Jaguars in the Super Bowl, or if the Vikings made it, which would have been really nice. San Francisco, which is going to be a nemesis for the Minnesota Vikings. The what used to be Northern California Bowl. Now it's 49ers versus Vegas. So Southwestern Bowl or whatever you might call it. 49ers and the Las Vegas Golden Knights. No, the Las Vegas Raiders who benched Carr this week. And now it's somebody named Jarrett Stitham who actually put up really nice numbers. But a couple of interceptions just like Derek Carr. So whatever. Did have three touchdowns. Purdy did throw an interception but remains undefeated as starting quarterback of the 49ers and Christian McCaffrey. Phenomenal weapon. Again, so a great trade for the 49ers and considering that uh, their other star player uh, is still out and obviously had that bad ankle injury a few weeks back. Um, but, uh, man, just imagine when he comes back and you still have Christian McCaffrey and Purdy continues to play up to a potential. Maybe he's the Maybe he is the next Brady. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe. As weird as that might sound, Brady was a super late pick that nobody really thought of as being a, uh, much of much of anything, just a good backup. And, well, he is the greatest to ever play. He just is. 37-34. Not a great game for San Francisco necessarily, but entertaining matchup, I suppose. Nonetheless, 49ers. Would have been nice for us if they lost, I guess, but I don't know. If we lose, I'd rather see the I'd should rather see the 49ers win the NFC than the freaking Eagles or much else. Except maybe a Tampa, San Francisco would be very entertaining. Of course, San Francisco killed them not too long ago. Seattle beat the Jets. The Jets are toast, 23-6. to So much for uh, the Jets. Jeez, 7-9. That sucks. But at least the other New York team made it. So the, the bullies of the two continue to rule the roost. Because the Giants have four Super Bowls and the Jets have that one miracle championship dating back to, you know, 68. 23-6. Fairly simple win for a Seattle team and mediocre at best. New York team with Mike White at quarterback. Geno Smith was basically the opposite with a couple of touchdowns and Mike Mike White with a couple of interceptions. Oh, man. Kenneth Walker, 133 yards on the ground. Nice. Let's just keep going. Apologize. Char- the Chargers went comfortably over their Los Angeles... Uh, counterpart, the Rams, who somehow have five wins this year. It felt like they didn't even have that. Sheesh, Sean McVay. What happened, man? 31-10. to 10-6 Chargers, playoff team. Woo-hoo. I'm happy they made it. And that's good. I'd rather see the Chargers make it than the Rams, I guess. Couple of TDs for Herbert, if I just said that. Mike Williams, 94 yards in the air. Good job. And let's just keep moving. Congratulations, Chargers making it to the postseason, and their coach is going to be able to hang on now after facing some crap most of the year. Baltimore, the black and blue bowl, it's 13-3 in the third quarter. Let's keep moving. Much later than normal. Green Bay and Minnesota played, and now we go to the NFC North, which is all in one here. Detroit wins comfortably 41-10 in a must-win game for the Bears, or for the Lions versus the Bears. A disappointing loss for Detroit last week, but they crushed the Bears big time despite Justin Fields running the ball like a madman today. He did lose a fumble. He did throw an INT, but 132 yards on the ground. Last time around, the Vikings made Justin Fields look like Michael Vick in his prime. Made them look, made him look like Steve Young. Accurate, athletic, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, he made us look really bad. Uh, Justin Fields, though, is I think he's I think he's coming into this game. He's like third all-time basically for rushing yards in a season for quarterback. So. Pretty freaking impressive. 
he is good. You know, he's he's obviously got a special skill. So again, every week I keep saying Justin Fields is a guy I'd hang on to. Yes, I would. Jared Goff three interceptions. I'd hang on to him too if I was Detroit. He's doing really well. Uh, Jared Jared Goff twenty uh, twenty one of twenty nine with three TDs and no turnovers. Jamal Williams also ran for 144, and I wouldn't want to go against Detroit in the playoffs if I were the Vikings. I really wouldn't, especially in Detroit. Uh, James Houston with three sacks on Justin Fields. That's actually pretty impressive, being able to get to the mobile Justin Fields. The Bears are just 3-13. and 13. The Lions are 8-8 eight and eight and still kind of hanging on, but they need a, need a little luck. First of all, they need to beat Green Bay and Seattle to lose. So a couple of major things for Detroit going forward. Just winning last week would have put Detroit pretty much in the driver's seat going into this weekend and next. But unfortunately, the fact that they blew it, well, that's on them. You know, that's on them. Uh, Chicago Bears. History goes on forever and ever 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 and ever. We played like a million games against these guys going back to the beginning. I will not go over all of them, but a few notables. 64-57-2 historically with this club. When's the last time we tied? It's probably like way before I was born. I was born in July 79. Yep, there's one tie. Yeah, they're both way back. 63. I think I read this earlier, but 17 to 7. Uh, 17 to 17 on December 1st, 1963. 10 to 10. Yuck. In 1967, December the 10th. Interesting. So, kind of funny. Vikings were all over the Bears in the early 70s. It would look like, what, like eight wins in a row? So on and so forth. And then the 85 Bears beat the Vikings 27. Yeah, the, the 85 Bears swept the 85 Vikings. Bud Grant's final season as a coach in the NFL, 33-24. Uh, to 24, And uh, three weeks later, 27-9, they won pretty comfortably. And during that span from 83 to 86, the Bears were probably the arguably the best team in all of football around that stretch. Only got one championship out of it. Uh, they stayed good up to about 88, though, did the Bears. But the Vikings beat them in Chicago 31-7. to That's actually pretty impressive in 88. Yeah, 87, they, they uh, swept us that year as well. 86, we squeezed out a 33-7 to win. That's nice. The infamous, uh, the, uh, the year in 94, when we had those epic games, we killed them in Chicago. That was a lot of fun, Dwayne Washington, with a pick six in that game, 42-14. to That was awesome. And then an epic back and forth, 33-27 to victory. Later that year with Chris Carter making a catch and running all the way for a touchdown, a walk-off victory. And then uh, a month later, on New Year's Day, Happy New Year, Minnesota. It's not 1994 anymore, so the Bears are going to crush you with Steve Walsh, a quarterback, 35-18. to 18. I talk about it every stinking time. I'm sorry. And then the Bears swept the Vikings the next uh, year, basically. That was crappy. Gosh, that was crappy. They killed us in those games, actually. Um, history kind of up and down, early 2000s with Dick Geronin first taking over. Kind of a good team in 2001. They were good, the Bears. They had a really good record, actually, if I remember correctly. Very impressive, but uh, ultimately, again, that team kind of came and went. Lovey Smith, the 2006 Bears, we actually beat them 34-10. to Nope, that was, that, was, uh, that was the year before, sorry. Yeah, the Lovey Smith Bears, of course, swept Brad Childress in his rookie year. 19-16, to 16, we barely lost that one very early. And then 23-13 uh, en route to their Super Bowl appearance, but unfortunately lost to the Colts. And the Bears crushed the Vikings in uh, 
Yeah, 2009, the Devon Aromas should do infamous overtime game that cost the Vikings home field advantage versus the Saints. Who can forget that? Then we sign him the next year. Yay. Ah, yay. The guy had 150 yards in that game and a few catches that ended up leading to the victory for the Bears. He had 150 yards for his career before that. Never forget. Never forget. And games like that, with guys getting hurt and, you know, like Winfield and all them, with the Liz Frank and such, just feels all too familiar. It really does. Yep, January 28th, so it's the uh, New Year week again, you know, or not January, December 28th. It just feels all so familiar. It really does. That's why I'm very disappointed right now. Then the Bears owned the Vikings up until uh, 2012. Yep. Vikings finally ended the, the losing streak. And on December 2012, whatever it was, Vikings then kind of took advantage. And then the Bears had a four-game win streak again, 18 and 19. Matt Nagy was awesome for a little while. And that 1918 or 2018 Bears team was great. And then they started losing. Uh, Khalil Mack was spectacular. But then they ended up choking to the Eagles in 2018, which was really annoying and frustrating. I kind of like the Bears team because I guess I guess if we stink this year, go Bears, right? Because <laughs> I'd rather see them win than Green Bay. And Detroit wasn't winning. <sighs> 19, the Bears swept us again. Despite the Vikings being decent. But yeah, that was again the 29th. Uh, a Viking team, despite if we finished 12-4 and four or 10-6, and six, we were stuck in the third seed anyway. So kind of was what it was. Not the third seed, but we were stuck going on the road, actually. We couldn't catch the Saints, so we ended up playing on the road and having the miracle victory, sort of, so to speak. Um, and then since then, the Vikings have won four out of five versus Chicago. So that's a great feeling, kind of, not really. I think we only have one playoff game versus the Bears, don't we? I want to make sure. Like, if we didn't have something way back in the day. Yeah, it's just that NFC wildcard game, and it was terrible. Interesting. All those years, we only played the Bears once. It's weird. In the playoffs. Yep, just that one time. Mm. Well, yeah, the Packers beat the Bears in the NFC Championship in, uh, you know, after the 2010 season. It was January 11. Yeah, we have three wins in a row versus the Bears. Hopefully we can make it four. That'd be great. Uh, last year, Childress, or excuse me, Childress, is, uh, Mike Zimmer's last game was in uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, 31-17, so we could finish 8-9 eight and, eight and nine and draft a little bit lower. Yay. Um, and then the Vikings beat the Bears 29-22 earlier this season in a game that was closer than it should have been because, uh, well, we, Justin Fields looked pretty good against us, to be fair. 208 yards passing, actually very accurate, 15 of 21. No no turnovers in the game, and he ran for 47. I thought it was more than that. Huh, but maybe he looked really good on the plays he did, I guess. That's weird. I thought we did better than that, or I thought he did. And Jefferson had 154 yards in the air. I do expect Jefferson to have a really good game, but at the same time, as long as the Vikings have a decent lead in the game, I don't think Jefferson's going to play too much later on in the game. And depending on the importance of the game with the 49ers and all that. So if the 49ers are losing for whatever reason next week, the Vikings hopefully can hang on to a number two seed and uh, have home field advantage against anybody but the Eagles pretty much in the NFC. If a lot of us still have faith that they can do something in the playoffs. Sure they can, just show up, that's all. If they show up, there's a good chance they're going to win because Vikings win close games. If they don't show up, well, it's over. <laughs> just like common sense. Um, talented 
talented uh, individual players on the Bears, including their quarterback, but it's a team that's, you know, obviously they're in transition and Poles wants to kind of, you know, obviously wants to be where he is right now. Nobody enjoys losing, but, well, you want to be able to draft high and be able to do something with it. So Bears probably wouldn't mind, at least Bears management anyway, probably wouldn't mind having a 14th loss to maybe be in the top three in the draft, but we shall wait and see. Houston's going to be number one for sure. Otherwise, uh, Baltimore sixteen to or thirteen to six. Uh, Cincinnati hosts Buffalo tomorrow. That is that could be a preview of the AFC Championship game. Could be, or a second round epic battle. We'll have to wait and see how that turns out. Could actually be that instead. We'll see. Depending on where Buffalo and Kansas City finish, um, Cincinnati has been really really impressive late lately. Pardon me. Um, too bad I can't talk about that one right now. But uh, good thing I have the night off. I will watch that. Whew, I will watch that. Yeah. Um, otherwise, Vikings are going to beat the Bears. We're going to get our uh, 13th win on the season. So 13-4 Minnesota. And if we don't, shame on us. Seriously, shame on us. And pray to God we don't have any more injuries. And that uh, Bradbury will be back. Who would have thunk how important Bradbury would be right now? He's crucial to the Vikings' chances of doing anything this year. Crucial. Um, yeah. I want to backtrack real quick. Again, remember when Reed first came in? It was like his first snap, and the Vikings ran up the middle. It was just, yeah, that was during that time. Uh, opportunity for the Vikings to do something, and they crapped down their leg or whatever. But again, Vikings will win the game. Final score, it's going to be not that high. 24-17, to 17, Vikings will beat the Bears. Justin Jefferson has about 80 yards and a touchdown and gets the win, and then sits down, basically, to be safe. Uh, hopefully the Vikings can hang on and get the win um, one way or another and have the number two seed. We shall wait and we shall see, but odds are stacked up against us a little more than they were before. Uh, it's too bad. San Francisco might end up with the top seed in the AFC and the NFC and be the Denver Broncos of this year, win the whole thing. Could happen. Very, very strong possibility. With that, we'll take a quick break and we will get to fan interaction and hear from Mad Martin again. Season's greetings, Joey. Well, it's the final day of 2022. It's New Year's Eve. And what a crazy season it's been. Um, I, I really don't know what to think. The last few weeks have been bonkers, quite frankly. Um, the Buffalo win. Um, incredible. The, um, the greatest comeback in NFL history against the Titans. Insane. Um, and, and the fact that the team's now won 11 one-score victories in one season... It just, it, in some ways, I'm speechless. Now, you know, there is this chain of thought that we are the worst 12 and, or 13 or 14 win or whatever we happen to end up on in NFL history. Um, but to me, that has a kind of nice kind of symmetry in the fact that perhaps this is the year. There have been some fantastic 12 plus win Vikings teams that have sadly fallen short. But wouldn't it be ironic if potentially the worst team in NFL, NFL history 
um, goes on and wins the Super Bowl. Now, my realistic Viking side would say to me that, um, you know, firstly, we've got to beat the Packers. We've got to maintain our position as the number two seed. And we've got to win out against the Bears next week. Because we do not want to be trundling in the divisional game to the likes of San Francisco. Um, because I think we, we know the probability is that we would get thumped there. Um, but after what we've seen so far, nothing is a given. Perhaps this is the year that we can believe in a fairy tale. Now, I don't know if you follow tennis, but I kind of remember when Emma Ranakanu qualified for the US Open and just chunted her way through the draw. And I suddenly started believing in the fourth round that this kid was going to go the whole way and win it. So why not the Vikings as well? Um, well, I guess we'll see. But firstly, they've got to beat the Packers tomorrow. Um, yeah, I don't see why not. They're good enough. And from there, who knows? Perhaps Philadelphia get knocked out in the divisional round by the Cowboys. And um, if somehow we find a way to beat, if it is the 49ers, uh, we'll have the conference game potentially against Dallas at home. And hopefully we don't get a blowout there. Anyway, um, that's all speculation. It's been a wild ride this season. It's been a lot of fun. And yeah, again, thank you for everything you do as uh, a podcaster. As always, brilliant entertainment. Right, my friend, I wish you a happy new year and all the uh, the members of the Purple Mafia and Faithful. Um, Skull brothers and sisters, see you in 2023. And hopefully this is the year. And I thank you so much for that call, Mad Martin, Dave Martin, out of Northern Scotland. Happy New Year to you as well. Great to hear from you. Happy New Year, Merry Christmas, and all of that. I hope it's the year. Uh, I guess you never know. And of course, you know, because, yeah, obviously San Francisco, huge threat, huge threat, where we'd probably lose going there. I think so. And it could be a game like today. Maybe not as bad, but I don't think it would be a good day. Maybe like a Detroit type of game where it just would have a bad vibe kind of going all the way, kind of like it did back in 2019, or the 2019 season anyway, leading into January 2020, where the Vikings got beat by Garoppolo and co. This time it would be Brock Purdy, which is really interesting. We'll see. It's going to be real interesting to imagine Brock Purdy in there, but uh, Kyle Shanahan, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, I mean, it's impressive what they've accomplished, and obviously that really, 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 really good defense is a big help. Uh, Pittsburgh is actually still alive right now to make the playoffs, if you can believe it, considering they've been kind of, you know, it's been a kind of an erector set pretty much, what Pittsburgh's done, a team like that, and um, there's a couple other teams like that, like how the heck do they, how the heck are they in playoff contention, it's weird, like a Jacksonville and Detroit, but, well, Jacksonville's legitimate though, potentially, potentially, um, but no, I, odds are stacked against us, yes. But I suppose the, uh, you know, you can always come back with this. The uh, 2007 Giants looked absolutely terrible really late uh, that season and then had an incredible battle with New England in the season finale where they almost beat the Patriots. And that probably woke up something like, wait a minute. Yeah, we lost. We still made the playoffs, but we lost. But we almost knocked the Patriots off of their... Uh, chance of their undefeated regular season interesting and then it just it's like it gave them a little confidence and then things kind of snowballed from there 
uh, knocking off a very good uh, Dallas team in week two of the postseason, the divisional round. Number one seed in the NFC that year. Knocking off the number two team, Green Bay, in a frozen night in Lambeau Field. An excellent Green Bay game. Uh, uh, NFC Championship game and Brett Favre's final game there. In Green Bay, anyway. And then he went to the Jets and the Vikings and blah, blah, blah. Um, two years, three... In, in three years, in a three-year span, he lost two NFC Championship games with a very late interception. <laughs> Did Brett Favre, anyway. Yeah, I'll leave that alone. Um, but you never know. You never know. Uh, maybe the Vikings do pull off something crazy like that. And, and uh, Kirk Cousins, who hasn't been respected as much as maybe he should be. Eli Manning wasn't respected as much as maybe he should be. And then all of a sudden, it's like, damn, look what just happened. So you never know. You never know. There's always that chance. There's always that hope. Maybe it is the year. It's games like this that make you think, uh, we're going to lose right away or lose in the second round. But who knows? Maybe. Maybe something wonderful will happen. Odds are against it, but, well, 87 Twins weren't supposed to win the World Series either. Blah, 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 blah. I just wish Cincinnati won last year. That would have been wonderful, but they didn't. So thank you so much, Mad Martin. That was awesome. Merry uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And let's hear what uh, people had to say on the Twitter account, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. Yeah, I went kind of berserk and crazy again. Fan interaction might be relatively small today, but maybe not. Uh-huh. Pigskin Podcast retweeted the uh, 61-yard whiteout. That was last week. Tene Brown out of New Zealand retweeted it. Vince Germano out of Melbourne, Australia. Gerald String out of Nebraska. And Malcolm McSween out of California. Thank you guys so much for the retweets. Episode 390. So, of course, this is 391. Mad Martin was replying to Dust Baker. Interesting. Not Dusty. Dustin Baker. Interesting. Dustin Baker was talking about, yep, yeah, oh yeah, the best uh, Viking humans, uh, the best best humans on Viking Twitter. Thank you so much. So Mad Martin was, uh, yep, I remember mentioning him. He mentioned me. Thank you so much. So you guys are great. Um, him and Tanae mentioning me so much. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, Malcolm responded with terrible because I was ranting. I was saying, we run up the middle when a third string center just entered the game. Genius. Can't even get a touchdown on first and goal at the two. Yep, that was genius, wasn't it? Real men of genius. And I was saying, I'm getting a real crappy feeling. Yep. Yeah. I and mean, we ran up the middle. When the third string center just went in, that uh, Chris Reed. That was genius. Yep, um, really dumb. Uh, Matt Martin says, first time I'm nervous this season. Did you get my call in? Oh, my gosh. I, I didn't see this tweet. I'm really sorry. Yes, I did, uh, obviously. Oh, he just heard it. I'm sorry. I am so sorry for not responding. I'm going to respond now, but uh, he's, he, he's probably sleeping now. Shoot. And it's on the show. <laughs> so you're actually hearing me respond now. <laughs> sorry for the late reply. Replay, reply. Come on, I can't even spell. I'm a losey speller, laddie. Okay, sorry. That was not me imitating, not me being goofy and imitating. Scrooge McDuck said it once. Well, it was somebody imitating Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, that's a DuckTales episode anyway. Malcolm McSween says, our defense is the only thing holding up. Who would have thought? And it kind of were. Yeah, because offense was awful. Yep. Mad Martin says, painful start, but we remember we are a second half team. And then things went really bad. Mad Martin says, another painful start, and Kirk is not seeing people in the past game. 
What can you say to this, says Martin Martin? Our biggest division rival. We have a chance to both knock them out of the playoffs and have a shot at home field advantage, and this is what we get. Complete inept garbage. Yep, that sums it up excellently. That's a possible name for the show. I, I'm thinking a blizzard of balls, but complete inept garbage. Yeah, complete. <laughs> it really was. Uh, and I was saying, uh, I don't know if he was responding to me. He might have been. Nope, nope. But I mean, I agree with, uh, yeah, Mad Martin a million percent there. I was asking, uh, can we press reset and start over? This is freaking horrible. And now major injuries. I swear every time, Every single time, late in the year, everything goes down the bleeper. Whatever. And I can't stand the obnoxious Packer fans. Yeah, it's like how many times? You know, we have a chance to do something magical and then important players get injured. It's just so depressing. And you lose home field or any shot of it. And it's like, it's just like, it's just like the same old script. And I don't know, it's really depressing, honestly. And I don't have the Facebook page up. That's great. But it only takes a... Actually, it's not as fast as it used to be. But, yeah, it's things like that. Uh, great to hear from Mad Martin again with the call and and the other... Uh, come on, I already, I already sent that out. Oh, yeah, New Year's Day is underrated because it's so quiet. Now, that's what I call a holiday. Yeah, I like quiet. Yeah, New Year's Day today, under underrated in terms of it's quiet, where New Year's Eve is overrated. Yes, it is. Um, but that's just me being, you know, what I am. Kind of a curmudgeon. I am a curmudgeon, aren't I? But maybe I guess we all are in our own fun way at times. And it's easy to be one when, when uh, you go through a lot of crap, like some of us do. Uh, Purple Mafia, okay, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. I was insanely late with the uh, post-game thread. Hopefully, uh, and it says threat. That's freaking stupid, so I'll fix that right now. Sorry. It keeps coming out as threat because I'm using voice text and yeah, voice text sucks apparently because it screws it up every single time. Would you just, there we go, thank you. I was super duper duper late on that and I apologize because I'm stupid. So the Facebook page, they talk, yeah, um, there's a comment on my, you know, when I posted like here's this new show basically, a comment by Mark Carlson and it's not showing it. Thank you very much. Mark Carlson says, yep, it's a nice, really nice uh, post. Thanks for your dedication, Joey. And and yes, and thank you also, Mad Martin, for what you had to say about that as well. How uh, Thank you so much for the podcast. And you're, you're always welcome. You know, you really are. And thank you so much for your loyalty and listening and your call-ins and your tweets. Every single tweet you send. Just thank you so much. And I apologize. I don't always get back as quick as I should. Maybe I get locked up in the game or I'm busy cursing my head off to myself. I don't know. I'm a strange guy, so you probably noticed that already. Mark Carlson says, Thanks for your dedication, Joey. It really shows this time of year when we are all busy with family and Christmas. Thank you, Joey. Yeah, you're very welcome. Also, I did hear you talk about a Jets quarterback, Chris Streveler. Yeah, yep, that was in the, the reviews. Or, yeah, you know, the NFL roundup. And wanted to mention that he was a second-string quarterback for the 20... Oh, yeah, I remember reading this. The 2019 Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And that year they, uh, and that year they won the Grey Cup on behalf of his play. That's really cool. He was, he was used in short-yardage situations. Also, he was playing football for Minnesota and South Dakota in college. Interesting. 
And since we are on the topic, you may wish to congratulate the former Vikings quarterback, McLeod Bethel Thompson, yep, MBT, who won the Grey Cup this year versus versus the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> As quarterback for the Toronto Argonauts. I like that name, too. And he says, horrible game. So apparently the Bombers did not have a good day. Uh, he said the Bombers should have won easily. So they beat the Bombers. Kind of like the Vikings and Chiefs in Super Bowl Four. Well, and the curse beat the Chiefs in Super Bowl, whatever the year this is. I don't even remember if it's 56, 57. I don't even remember anymore. It must be 57, right? 66 and 13 and all that. Okay, whatever. Um, 23. Horrible game. The Bombers should have won easily. Now, it's been an incredible ride this year. Let's not stop now. Celebrating victory when I was sure there was or there would be none has become a regular thing. The players never give up in those games, even though I had respect earned. Skull. Yep, and then today was just a drubbing, but yep, very much respect. I was, uh, the in-game threads I was saying, it feels like a huge tease. I was in a really rotten mood real early in this game. I was saying, I don't understand why he's such a freaking butterfinger. It's maddening beyond belief. I was talking about Hodging. Hawkinson sucks and this game does too. Hawkinson doesn't suck, but... But uh, at that time, he did. It was just really frustrating. Early in the games, he's been terrible at times. And I was saying, typical green, typical game in Green Bay. Every single time they do a tiny thing right, the crowd goes ape crap. So annoying, and it's impossible to like Packer fans. Brett McCarthy, South Dakota, says something awesome here. Happy New Year. Missed last week. Got put in Facebook jail again. I wonder what happened there. <laughs> yeah, I've been there many times, unfortunately. I think there was a week I couldn't even post in the uh, Facebook page because of that. It's really weird. Um, Purple Mafia is the only reason I'm here. Happy New Year and Skull. That is a great honor. Thank you so much for saying that. And he gave me the thumbs up. Um, and I did say that with sincerity. I wasn't just saying it like, you know, sarcasm or kind of bored or whatever. I'm really honored by that. Thank you. The only reason you're here. Wow. On Facebook. Purple Mafia. That's pretty cool. Mike Dale, New York, says, Not panicked, but Kevin O'Connell should have a game plan. We've been there before all season. Let's go second half Vikings. <laughs> I wish. Dave Hickey, Iowa, says, Happy New Year, everyone. Let, let's get this one. Skull. But McCarthy was like, come back. Oh, I wish. Jerry Hicks, St. Louis, says, Big game with big opportunity. Squandered as usual. I hate to be the bitter fan, but damn. Same here. Same here, Jerry. Yep, I'm with you all the way. Dave Hickey, Dave Hickey says, I don't see how they can come back from this. I think their luck is about to run out. Yep. Dave Vicky says, it's just gone from bad to worse. We're not capitalizing on our turnover recoveries. That's a big thing. Dave Vicky says, special teams are pathetic. Oh, that's for sure. Mike Dale, pardon me. Brad McCarthy says, all we need is five touchdowns. Remember that one? <laughs> yep. Uh, Dave Vicky says, better not miss it, Joseph. And he did. And Dave said, how free, yeah, he freaking did. What a dumbass. Two missed field goals. But McCarthy says, go figure. In Green Bay, can't do anything. And almost there. Dave Vicky says, this is where Green Bay is just going to run it all over the defense. And where Romo just trashes the Vikings. Mike Dale again says, all right, we're coming down from behind right where we effing want them. Are we the most comfortable team when, when I'm in a deficit? Maybe. <laughs> and again, I apologize for the super late. I think it was like 40 minutes late or something. But, um, I don't know. If some new ones pop up, I'll mention, oh, yeah, Mike Dale didn't get to write his big uh, thing. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Uh, I bet it would have been epic, too. That sucks. 
I'm really sorry, Mike. If you want to, you can still write it, and I still will read it on the next episode. Uh, unless I'm an idiot and mess up and forget, but I better remember that, doggone it. Uh, and if, yeah, if you do, remind me somehow if you can. Gerald Swing says, oh, let's go with Mike, uh, Mike O'Connor first. Gerald Swing one's a little longer. Mike says, nothing to talk about. They are who we thought they were. All right, Denny. No, no, I, I understand, Mike, completely. Uh, Foundation of Minnesota. Okay, cool. So he's from Minnesota. Mike O'Connor. Gerald Spring, Nebraska, wraps up the fan interaction segment saying, don't want to get too high or low on this team ever. Bad one this week. Hope we can somehow win a playoff game or two. Unfortunately, it will probably be time to part with some older, expensive players and try... Uh, a new coach on defense, yep. Hopefully we'll evolve to build through the draft. Uh, to, to build, uh, hopefully we'll evolve to a build through the draft team, yep. As long as Rodgers is around, he will always be the king of the North, no matter how bad we hate to admit it. He's carrying that team again. Cousins is a good quarterback, but not in Rodgers' league. Agreed, agreed. Uh, when Rodgers is healthy and you know, simply playing. He's, he's healthy and he's playing at the level we know he can. Rogers is the king of the north. Yep. He is. I even used to say that years ago as well, um, but that's the, probably the best way to put it. Rogers is the king of the north. I used to say if Rogers is healthy, the Packers win the division. Um, and then this year he underachieved and the team was kind of a mess and the lack of receivers and such, but eventually the chemistry finally came. And Green Bay could be that weird, crazy team like in 2010 where, you know, he thought, oh, Vikings were going to win with Favre, win a Super Bowl, and then Green Bay ended up winning anyway, without Favre and with the Rodgers. And they squeaked in at the last second, made the playoffs, and won the Super Bowl. Next year, they were 15-1 and and got beat right away. So it was pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. 15-1 and Green Bay, and got beat by the New York Giants in 2011. Uh, and after their second miracle Super Bowl with an even weaker team, actually, that year. And beat the Patriots again. Gosh, that was ridiculous. Um, with that said, and that Patriots team almost won, though. The second one. Um, and then they finally beat the Seahawks. Finally beat somebody with the Seahawks. That was awesome. They beat the Seahawks. I love that. Um, let's wrap this up. The gold star today goes to Mad Martin. Yep, great tweets and call-in and all that. Really appreciate it. Super duper duper appreciate it. Gerald Swing. Oh, gosh, darn it. Oh, man, there's so many good ones. I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Mark Carlson and... I'm going to go with Mark Carlson and Brett McCarthy bringing in the silver. Gerald Swing with a silver-plated bronze. And with Dave Hickey. Dave Hickey deserves a lot, too. Dave Hickey, you know, awesome. So those are the guys bringing in the uh, awards today for the show. Really appreciate that. Malcolm obviously always deserves it. He's going to get a bronze, too. He's an awesome guy. And just love you to death. Um, honestly, too. And I'm saying that sincerely. Really appreciate all of you. Uh, it's great that it's, uh, well, I hope you had a good, I hope you had a good new year and everything. And uh, hopefully it's not another one of those years where it switches to the new year in January and everything changes dramatically. Like 2010 was not nearly as kind to the Vikings as 2009 and 18 versus 17 and 99 versus 98 and 2001, holy crap, versus 2000. What a change that was. So let's try not to think about that. But uh, again, it's hard not to at times. Thank you all of you so very much. Please write a positive rating 
for on uh, any of the podcasting apps that allow you to do that. Really would appreciate it, especially Apple Podcasts is the most common one, I would say. Um, call in if you could. Would really appreciate it. Just like Mad Martin. And yep, keep calling in if you're able to. If not, I understand. But if you're able to, you are a very welcome pillar of this show uh, in the call-in line. So, and those of you that are wondering, that might be wondering how you do that, simply open the free voice recording application on any smart device on the planet, press record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, and then send it to Paladino Live at yahoo.com, Live at yahoo.com. I will then convert it into an mp3 file thanks to zumzar with a z dot com. Again, thank you all very much. Tell your friends about the show, and those of you that have, thank you so very much. Otherwise, have a great uh, great week, and hopefully the Minnesota Vikings can maintain at least the number two seed going into the postseason, as that's going to be the big fun preview next week. <laughs>